Thank you for listening to Southside Baptist Church's podcast. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us online at southsidesbc.org. Again, that's southsidesbc.org. Additionally, if this podcast has been an encouragement to you, or if you would like to know more about Jesus and why we serve him, please email us at info at southsidesbc.org. Thank you for listening. Amen. Thank you, Brother Randy and uh, praise team. Um, Thank you for leading us to the throne of grace. Turning your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, boys and girls, ages 4 years old through kindergarten, you may go to Children's Church at this time. And as last week, um, there is no outline. Okay, so I know some of you feel naked without an outline. And so... Um, it's okay, all right? It's okay. Um, it's a good deal. So last week, I uh, talked with you about and kind of uh, encouraged you, said we're going to be doing a book study, uh, something a little different, um, starting uh, Wednesday night, August 22nd. Um, I, think we're gonna, I think I put the time in the bulletin at 6.30. Um, and so the book we're going to be studying, um, we'll kind of go along with this little mini, I know I haven't called this a series, but really kind of just doing a, a several-week series here on serving and what it means really and what it looks like to serve. Um, the book is called The Art of Neighboring, all right? And so um, I got online the other night and I pre-ordered some books. I got a really good deal on them, okay? If I order, need to order more, I'll do that. But if I can order them today, I think I can still get them at this price. So if you'd like to do the study, we're going to start on uh, August 22nd. It's going to be four Wednesday nights, 6.30 to 7.45 um, there will be child care. Um, if you will go to the welcome desk right out here, I don't have the books yet, but if you will sign up today, either on your connect card out at the welcome desk, you can go ahead and pay. Kathy Menace will be out there and, um, do that. $5 cost the books, not prohibitive. If it is, um, sign your name down. I'll pay the $5 for you. doesn't really matter. We want you to be a part of this. Uh, and what this book's really about is how do we take Jesus' command uh, to not only love God, but to love our neighbors as ourselves literally. How do we do that? What does it look like? And so um, we're going to read through this book together, and we're going to talk about it. Um, I am not saying that I agree with everything in this book, um, but that's why we're going to talk about it. Uh, I think it's a great um, conversation starter and, and, and looking at what the Scriptures have to say about that. And so, um, a good opportunity for us. I hope you'll plan on joining us and being a part of that. This morning, uh, as I said already, we want to talk about serving. And um, we, we talked about serving. We served in Bible school. Last week, we talked about what, it mean, what does it mean to take our service uh, to the next level. Uh, today, I want to talk about just how our lives um, ought to be a continual service to the Lord and what that looks like. Um, for the first, uh, actually, so... For those of you who don't know, um, we've been here in South Bend area. Um, I've been here at Southside over 18 years now. It's hard to believe um, that our daughter, who was just a baby when we came, is now um, 18 years old, uh, almost 19, about to be 19, I should say. Yeah, she's getting embarrassed now, so I'll move on. Um, but for the first six or seven years that we were here, um, some of you were here at that, that time. For the first six or seven years or so that we were here, uh, the church was small, and so I was bivocational. Uh, what that means is I had another job in addition to pastoring the church. 
And so what my dad had done all of his life um, was hang wallpaper. And so that's what I did. I hung wallpaper and um, pastored as well. So one day I was doing a, a small little job. I had a small little job on the south side of Mishawaka. How many of you live? You might live on the south side of Mishawaka. Okay, several of you. All right, so you'll know exactly what I'm talking about here in just a minute. I had a little job on the, it's kind of the southwest part of Mishawaka, uh, near Rose Park, a little north of there. And, and I pulled up to this, this house, um, got out of my car, took a deep breath, and went, oh, what is that smell? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, I, it, it smelled like I had taken a, one of those giant bags of dog food that I had opened it and that it smelled like I had stuck my head down in it and taken a big whiff. Can anybody relate? All right. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. That is because I believe I read an article here a couple years ago that they've tried to fix the problem. But uh, there is a dog food plant over in the southern, south side of Mishawaka. And um, for years, um, it smelled like dog food. Um, so I, I don't know about you, but that, that, it was overwhelming. That smell was... was uh, how many of you... It's just, whoa, that's just horrible. Or, or passed over, you know, I know here a couple weeks ago, there was a dead skunk in the middle of the road. You know, we drove right over the top of it. I didn't know. And it was like, I got off all of my car, and I'm like, oh, 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 yeah, it's terrible. You know, walking through a boy's locker room, oh, whew. <laughs> or a boy's bedroom, for that matter. Um, I'm sorry, boys. Um, I just threw you under the bus, but anyway, it's true. Lord, help us all. The question is this, how can we, as Christians, not stink? How can we not smell like those atrocious smells? You say, well, Pastor, I'm smelling okay. I'm not talking about a physical smell, guys. I'm talking about the testimony we put off for the Lord Jesus Christ. How can we not um, uh, repel people with, like those awful smells, but instead, how can we attract people to him? I want to talk to you about that this morning and uh, talk to you about how to, can we be a sweet-smelling aroma for the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at our text this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Up until this point in the second letter, letter to the Corinthians, Paul has been sharing some of his own ministry struggles and uh, sufferings that he has been through in ministry in an effort to comfort the Corinthians uh, in some of the trials that they were going through. And so uh, because Paul has been recounting some of his struggles and difficulties and some of those things, not everything here that he went through, um, it's been uh, made for a pretty depressing uh, first couple of chapters of, of uh, 2 Corinthians. Uh, and uh, probably a pretty depressing outlook on his ministry. So it is at this point in verse 14, he kind of makes a drastic shift. It's almost like he's been talking about in order to comfort them and their trials and their struggles and their tribulations. He's been saying, listen, you know, ministry's hard. We've been going through this stuff and whatever and, and all these things. And it's at this point in this letter that he seems to feel the need to counterbalance that negativity with some sudden positivity. Almost like he said, you know what? We all go through stuff, but here's the positive side. Here's what I want to encourage you with. And so we come to verse 14 and he takes a drastic turn. Look what he says. Who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Amen, right? Amen. 
Uh, Here Paul makes a pretty strong statement, friends, in which he seems to say uh, that no matter what we go through as Christians, uh, no matter what trials, what tribulations, what difficulties, what struggles we go through as Christians, friends, uh, whether no matter what it is, when we are in him, we are always triumphant. And to those of us who know Christ as Lord and Savior, we can say what? Amen. Amen. Maybe you're saying, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, Pastor. I don't always feel triumphant. Well, friends, here's the deal. Paul is not making some random statement here. He's not just making a statement trying to make us feel good. Well, we're always trumpeting in Christ no matter what we go through and so forth. Friends, Paul is using some specific imagery here that, especially for the Corinthians, uh, being Romans, would bring a specific image into mind. You see, the imagery that Paul is using here is that of a Roman triumphal entry or what is known as a triumph. You see, the highest honor that a victorious Roman general could receive was a triumphal entry, known as a a triumph. Uh, Certain conditions had to be met about who they'd conquered and how they'd wiped them out and all this other stuff, what have you. But if all those conditions were met, when they returned home, there would be a big triumphal entry into the city through the streets of Rome and to the capital. It'd be kind of like a huge parade with the uh, f- officials in the Senate at first, then the trumpeters, and then, and then they would parade all the spoils that they took from the land through the streets of Rome, uh, and then the priests and the musicians, uh, followed by any who were taken captive, the princes and so forth that they had taken captive, who were probably uh, going to be executed normally, is how that worked. Uh, and then the general himself and his family, and then finally in that parade, the victorious army wearing their decorations and shouting a cry of triumph, Lo triumph! Can you imagine it? Do you get the picture? It was a victory parade, friends. That is the picture that Paul has in mind of, of a triumph, this victory parade as they had triumphed over their enemies. Remember why Paul is using this image, imagery. Friends, he's using this imagery to make the statement that we as he and, and all believers are always victorious or triumphant Christ. That, that no matter what we go through, friends, we are victorious in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, some of you may be asking the question, Pastor, how can we always be triumphant? How, do we, how, how are we triumphant when things don't go well? After all, uh, Paul, even, in, uh, even the Apostle Paul didn't always experience success. In some locations, uh, yes, he and his companions were successful in their outreach efforts. They started a church. There were other locations that they didn't at first. And so how can Paul then say that, that they are always triumphant? How can he always say that, uh, that, that we always triumph in the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, friends, just as soon as he raises that point, He answers it by telling us how God makes us triumphant. Look at verse 14 again. He says this, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Uh, Makes known, uh, I love the analogy here. The analogy is that of of diffusing the fragrance of God, that that we are dispensers of God's fragrance everywhere we go. You see, friends, we are triumphant in Christ when we are witnesses for him. Amen? When we allow him to diffuse the gospel through us. How many of you ever um, gone to paint something with a, with a can of spray paint? And you go to pick it up and you go to spray it, but instead of spraying, it just goes, you know? 
Um, or, or you've gone to, to spray your kids with sunscreen, you know, the spray sunscreen. Uh, we did that some, and, and all of a sudden, I know there's some more in here. It's clogged up. Uh, maybe it's been sitting around too long. You know, maybe you didn't turn it upside down and spray it like you're supposed to, right? And, and that, that can of spray paint or can of whatever gets clogged up. Friends, listen, in a similar type way, we need to make sure that our lives are not clogged up. Amen? How, what keeps us from, from diffusing the fragrance of Christ the way we ought to, friends? It is when our lives are clogged up with sin, with selfishness, with an unwillingness to allow him to use us. And so, what it takes is a surrender, complete surrender of ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, when I talk to people about their struggles in their walk with Christ, here is the general, and I'm talking about people who have made a profession of faith in Christ, Okay? believers you know what most believers say when they're struggling in an area and and they 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 know they need to change they know they need to do something different in their lives you know what most believers say well pastor i'm trying i'm trying now some of you are saying what's wrong with that we need to try we need to try hard listen i'm not saying it doesn't take effort on our own part but here's the difference and if you can get this friends you can get this you you will be far along in your christian walk Our Christian walk is not about trying. It's about surrender. Let me say that again. Our Christian walk is not about trying to be a better Christian. It is about a surrender of our will, our self, our being to the Lord. Because if I'm going to try harder, there may be times when I... But if I am fully surrendered, it's not me. It is the Lord. It is not about trying. It is about surrendering. And there are many people, many, many, many people in our world today, and especially in the United States of America, sitting in churches this morning. Let me restate that. There are people sitting in this congregation this morning that are trying really, really hard. But you've never come to the point of surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that that word, men especially, sounds sissified. Can I be honest? Okay. Um, Phil Menace, Phil... And I had a conversation several years ago. Phil's normally okay when I, I, I share some of these conversations. But um, Phil and I had a conversation several years ago. He said, Pastor, um, being in the military, um, hearing that word surrender is difficult. For somebody who's, uh, who, who's, who's fought, who's, who's stood on the front lines, we don't ever surrender. And I get that. Here's what you need to realize Jesus says, you're not going to win by trying to win on your own. The only way you're going to win in life is through surrender to him. He is king. He is Lord. He is God Almighty. 
And friends, you can fight him all you want. You can buck, you can kick, you can scream. You can say, I'm not going to surrender. I'm going to do this on my own. All that other stuff, friends. But until you surrender, you will not have victory over that sin. You will not have victory over your anger. You will not have victory over your mouth. You will not have victory over what you look at until you surrender fully to the Lord Jesus Christ. When we do, however, friends, we become a sweet fragrance of the Lord to those we come in contact with. He says, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ. Friends, if if we aren't as believers, who will be? How will the world see Jesus if they don't through us? Friends, we are the primary way that God has chosen how he will get his good news out across the world uh, to, 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 to people. You say, but pastor, God, God didn't have to use me. He can use somebody else or some other way or whatever. Yes, he can. But he's chosen to use you and me. The question is, are we willing Are we going to allow him to use us and work through us, friends? We are to be the fragrance of Jesus to the world today. We are to be that sweet-smelling aroma, amen? Uh, You know, that smell when you go by the donut shop. Or, 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 Or somebody in the house is baking chocolate chip cookies. Oh, pastor, you're making me hungry, all right? Well, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me not make you hungry. Um, or... We don't want to be that smell when you walk by the porta john. Okay? Or or when you walk by the trash dumpster, right? Oh. Friends, we are to be the fragrance of Christ, the the sweet smelling aroma of Jesus to the world today. Now, here's the interesting thing about fragrances. Here's the interesting thing about aromas. Um, there are some fragrances that we would we would probably generally all agree smell good. Chocolate chip cookies. How many in here love the smell of chocolate chip cookies? All right. Okay. Anybody in here not like the smell of chocolate chip cookies? I'm just curious. Okay. Okay. We do have one. Okay. We do have one. Uh, that's, that's because she has to cook them and stuff. <laughs> that might be it. Um, but that proves my point, okay? It proves my point. Even though there are some smells that most people like, there are some, even, there, even that same smell others may not. You see, the interesting thing about fragrances is some fragrances smell good to some people but bad to others. Um, in other words, friends, the smell can be enticing to one person yet repugnant to another, right? Um, let me give you some examples on this. For example... It's something I smelled growing up a lot. Collard greens. Okay? Now, I know, uh, anybody, my mom likes the smell of collard greens and loves collard greens. Okay? Maybe a few of you would kind of be the opposite of chocolate chip cookies. Just a couple like collard greens. Most of you, how many of you with me, collard greens stink? How many of you don't know what collard greens are? Okay, there you go. All right. Hey, listen, that's one thing, guys. Don't even go look it up. Anybody says collard greens, you just run the other way, okay? You have my permission to do that, okay? Um, but, but collard greens are like that. Some people love the smell. Some people don't like it. Uh, fish. Some people love fish. Some people, what, hate the smell of fish, right? Can't, can't stand it, okay? Um, 
Mark, some people love the smell of coffee. Okay? Now, uh, there's actually three categories here. Some people love the smell of coffee, don't like the taste of coffee, but then some others just don't even like the smell of coffee. So as hard as it is for Mark to believe that, it, it, it is true. Um, but you know, the same thing can be said about cleaning supplies. Some people love that smell. Some people can't stand it. Um, perfumes and colognes, some people love. Others can't stand it, even allergic. Um, and I just have to say that scented candles, especially from Bath and, Bo- Bath and Body Works, I know, ladies, some of you love those and so forth, um, but, but there are others who don't. Let me just say that, all right? I can't understand that and um, actually spending good, hard-earned money for those things either. Um, I will say that, so I'll just all right, before I get into any more trouble with my family. Um, but here's the deal. I want you to look at the next, the next two verses, the end of verse 15 and verse 16, because these next two verses say that the aroma we put off can be that same way. Look at verse 15. We just read this first part. It says, for we are to God, to him, the fragrance of Christ. Look at what it says. Among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So we are the fragrance of Christ. We are to be it. And you, to that we would say amen, right? We're supposed to be the fragrance of Christ to believers and to unbelievers, right? Look at the next verse. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death. To the other, the aroma of life leading to life. How do we understand that? What, what's he talking about there? Uh, he's saying that the, the, the same as we just said a minute, there are some smells that are pleasant to some but are unpleasant to others. But let me explain it a little bit further. And to understand this completely, we have to go back to the, um, to the picture that Paul is putting forth here. The Romans would know this. In, the, in those triumphal parades or in the triumph, there was always the burning of incense. The, uh, during the procession, the priests would burn incense to their gods as a sign of giving them credit for the victory. And the the fragrant aroma of the incense would fill the air around the parade. In fact, um, it it is said that in some cases, uh, they would burn so much incense and it would be so much smoke that it would actually um, prohibit people from seeing the people who were marching in the parade. And that's how much it was. So you can imagine that aroma. And if you've been around, uh, you know, somebody maybe smoking a pipe or something, that aroma kind of dissipates and out and you can smell that for a while. So the same thing with the incense. Everyone could smell it. Everyone, both the victors and those who were captured and were to be executed. So, friends, in a very real sense, The incense that they smelled was both the smell of victory to some and the smell of death and defeat to others. In a very similar way, what the Apostle Paul is saying, friends, is that our Jesus aroma can be like this too. I want you to just listen to me really carefully here, okay? Because I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. To some people... They see our lives as Christians, as believers, and they hear what we say about how Jesus has saved us and what he can do for them, and they say, I need that. And it is a sweet-smelling aroma to, to, to those, uh, the aroma of life leading to life. 
However, friends, to other people, they see the same thing. They see our lives, and we talk about how Jesus has saved us and what he can do for them, and they say, I don't want anything to do with that. He is, uh, th- we are the aroma of life leading to life or the aroma of death leading to death. Now, friends, let me be clear. Our testimony should never, ever, 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 ever stink in and of itself. Pastor, everybody's, nobody's perfect and we can't. You know what the best indicator, you know what the best characteristic, I guess is the best way to say that, of a, 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 a testimony of the Lord is? It is a willingness to be quick to own our mistakes and to turn from, apologize and turn from them. Yeah, we all mess up. We all make mistakes, but we need to ask for forgiveness and we need to turn from it and with sincerity and, 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 and let, let God handle the rest. Amen? We also need to be willing to forgive those others. You know, as believers, listen, if anybody ought to understand forgiveness, it ought to be believers. Amen? Both sides of it. The need for forgiveness and the willingness to forgive. And so, in fact, Jesus tells a couple of parables about that. We need to be careful if we don't then have we truly experienced his forgiveness? So friends, listen, we, our testimony should never stink in and of itself. We should never be unkind or mean or rude or insulting or nasty or short with people or anything that gives a bad testimony to the world for the Lord Jesus. And if we do, we need to be quick to repent. Amen? Because we're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We should be quick to repent. Now, our pride gets in our way sometimes, friends, but we should be quick to that. Our character in and of itself should always Seek to honor the Lord and never be repulsive or offensive to anyone. So when I talk about uh, be, uh, that, that it, to, to some we are the aroma of death leading to death, it should not be because of our character. However, if in living a life that honors the Lord and that is morally and ethically pure and, and uh, is honoring him and seeks to tell others about him. If in that, friends, others don't like that and it is offensive to them and because they see you maybe as a goody two-shoes or a Jesus freak or, or the fragrance of Christ, then guess what? That is a them problem, not a you problem. That is when what he's talking about here is. If in living our life to honor the Lord, sharing Christ, letting Uh, letting God's knowledge be known through us. If in that, we smell bad to people, so be it. In other words, let me put it just really kind of maybe right here today. Um, We should be like Tim Tebow, not like Judas. Uh, This is the best example I could come up with today of someone who, who, you know, people may not like him. If they don't like him, it's because he stands for Jesus, right? Or kneels for Jesus, whatever it is, you know, um, rather than his testimony. He, he lives, he lives, walks the walk, friends. We, in the same way, should let our lives always honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Then look at our text again. Almost then, like Paul is reflecting on the seriousness of what he's just said and what he's just wrote, look at what Paul says at the end of verse 16. He says, And who is sufficient for these things? Almost in the same breath as he says all of this. As he says, we're supposed to be a sweet-smelling aroma for Christ. Some are going to like it. Some aren't. It's going to draw people to Christ. Or it may be the smell of 
of eternal damnation to them. He says, who is sufficient to be this? Friends, the, re- the reality is what? None of us. None of us are. No one is. Friends, we are all in need of God's grace. Amen? Only by God's grace can we be saved. Only by God's grace can God use us and work in our lives. So lest we feel inadequate or insufficient. Friends, who is sufficient for these things? That's the very definition. He says we're all insufficient. Amen? We're all insufficient. Look at verse 17. Verse 17 here, he makes a statement from his heart. He says, for we are not, as so many, peddling the word of God. The word peddling there. Is from the same uh, Greek Greek word as the same Greek root word as the word for a huckster or a con artist. So what Paul is saying here is, um, I'm not a con artist. We're not uh, we're not trying to fool you. This is no sleight of hand. We are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, as from God. We speak in the sight of God in Christ, friends. I think simply what he's saying here is. Um, Listen, as God is my witness, what I'm telling you is true. As God is my witness, let him be my judge. Friends, we are called to be a sweet-smelling aroma, sweet-smelling fragrance for the Lord. I want you to evaluate, examine. Pastor, I don't know that I can say I am. Friends, what changes do you need to make? today. You know, I think some restaurants uh, exhaust the smells from their restaurant in the air on purpose. I think they do. I think they do it on purpose. Um, You know, Burger King, I don't know. Anytime you go anywhere near Burger King, you know, you smell that flame-broiled burgers, right? Um, Nothing smells better than a flame-broiled burger, and I think they're trying to entice you in. Krispy Kreme. Oh, the light's on. Um, Texas Roadhouse. Amen. There you go. Thank you. Our teenagers, amen to me down here on that. That's right. Um, any bakery. Smell of fresh bread. It's very enticing. You see, friends, the point I want to make is these types of fragrances make us want whatever they're selling. Amen. I believe the same thing should be true of our lives in attracting others to Christ. You say, Pastor, um, I understand that. I get that. What, what does that look like? What does that mean for me? How do I do that? I want to close with a story this morning, but I'm going to give another plug. We're going to talk about that when we talk through the book. But In the book titled The Unexpected Adventure, Author Lee Strobel shares a personal story about how we can, like those, those good smells, be an attractive, sweet-smelling aroma for Christ. Uh, he says, I remember flying into Midway Airport in Chicago during a blizzard several years ago. He said, an engineer from India was sitting next to me on the plane. As we talked, he said, I found out he was planning to take a bus from Midway all the way to O'Hare Airport, the other Chicago airport, And then have his pregnant wife drive from a distant suburb with his two young children to pick him up during the blizzard. That's when Lee Strobel made a generous offer to this man. He said, look, I have a car at Midway. How about if I give you a ride home? 
Twisted man said, no, 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 no. You don't have to do that. He said, yes, I want to. So he did. The man was grateful, he said. And during our drive, he asked why I had been willing to go out of my way for him. He said, I tried to explain. Has anybody ever done something so kind for you that it makes you want to pass a kindness along to someone else? He nodded slightly, even though a little bit curiously. Lee Strobel said, well, Jesus Christ has done something incredibly kind for me. He said, as we talked, he began to understand that God's outpouring of grace had motivated me to help him. He got the chance to share the good news of Jesus with this man. He said, when we arrived at his house, he thanked me and said, I'm going to have to do some thinking about all of this. Lee Strobel finished with this. He said, there is no doubt in my mind that my words about Jesus registered with him in a very real way. Not because my words were eloquent. Not because uh, I, I said just the right thing. But he says, because he experienced the love of Jesus through my practical deed of giving him a ride through that blizzard. Friends, I believe that's a very good example of how we be the sweet-smelling aroma of Christ in our world today. I believe we need to look for ways in which to do that. I believe it starts by surrendering ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ to be used by Him. Every morning when you get up, ask God to, to use you. Ask Him to help you see those that He's bringing into your path, into your life that day that He wants you to be a witness to. Uh, and to, to share Christ with, friends. We need to be that sweet-smelling aroma so that others will be attracted to surrender their life to Him as well. I'll ask you a simple question. How do you need to respond this morning? You need to respond by saying, Yes, Lord, I'm, I'm willing. I, I, I want to surrender to you today. See, I believe a lot of believers fight with God on allowing Him to use them. Would you simply today say, yes, Lord, here I am, use me. Maybe you're here this morning, and the very message of the gospel, that Jesus died for you to pay for your sins, so that your sins could be forgiven, and you could have a right relationship with God, and spend eternity with Him in heaven. Maybe that is news that you've never heard before, but today, you say, yes, Pastor, I I love, that's awesome. I love that. I believe that. I, I want Jesus in my life. Friends, would you respond surrendering to Jesus today? I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Just give you an opportunity there, right in your seat this morning, to respond to him. If you're here today, and you're a believer... But you fought God on allowing him to use you. You've had all sorts of excuses. All sorts of reasons why. You can't. But today you say, Lord, I'm willing to be used by you. Would you just lift up your hands so we can pray for you? Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. If you're here today. And you'd like to have Jesus Christ come into your life. 
You'd like to be saved. You'd like to know without a shadow of a doubt that you're going to spend eternity in heaven with him. I want to invite you just right there in your seat to ask him into your life. Praying something like this, Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need forgiveness for my sin. Jesus, I believe and rose from the dead to give me new life. Today, I invite you to come into my life. Save me from my sin. Take me to heaven when I die. Friends, if you will pray, if you just prayed that, the Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's a promise of God. It's not a, based on what you've done, but it's based on your trust in what he's done for you. Lord, you hear the hearts of your people today, Lord, and all those who are here. Lord, honor that as we know you will. Lord, take our lives. Let them be sacrifices for you, Lord, as you first gave your sacrifice for us. Jesus, it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a song. Uh, This is our time of decision. Um, Our altar is open. If you want to come do business with God, just pray to him this morning. Maybe you want Mark or myself to pray with you. Be glad to do that. If you want to talk more about what we've been talking about this morning, we'd love to, love to do that with you. I'm going to invite you to, if you will, just stand with me, if you will. And as we sing, God's speaking to your heart. Would you come? Would you respond to him this morning?